everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Legion podcast, where we are here to talk DC Comics. I am your host, Mark, and with me, as always, because he's the one dependable one, Clay. What's up, dude? What's up? You doing all right? I like your green bandana. I, you know, today I was I was like, should I go with blue or should I go with green? Is Are, are they like mood? Are they mood bandanas? Like, does green I, mean something? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just... For my wife, she's like, I think we need to get you something to get the hair out of your eyes, you know, since I'm growing it out. And I was like, okay. And she bought me a bandana. I was like, oh, that's cool. And she put it on the first time and showed me how to do it. And then so I I bought this green one. And she just said, you know what? I think every single time we go to the store, if we see a bandana, we'll just buy a different color. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I was like, wait, am I supposed to like color coordinate? Like, so if I wear a blue shirt, I have to wear the blue bandana or... Like, can I wear an orange bandana? You know, just like, just, I, I don't know this. I, I don't know these things. Well, you know? I mean, b- blue and orange, I mean, it's like a Florida gator, so you should be fine. Yeah. So maybe not. Wait, wait, wait. In San Antonio, what's what's the college that people follow? Uh, It would, uh, it would be uh, UTSA, which is blue and orange. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's actually the college that my wife is going to right now. But if there was anything that people would follow in this town, it would be San Antonio Spurs. So I would need to buy a black and silver. So San Antonio's not big into college sports? Not really, no. Okay, so it's not like, oh, we just follow University of Texas and you guys are just yeah, Longhorn fans. Like, like, I know that my stepdad has, like, usually has... Uh, like season tickets for UTSA's football, mm-hmm. but I mean I haven't heard them going to a game in a long time, so I don't know if they kind of just like fell off of it. But I mean the only two things that are big in San Antonio as far as sports would be basketball with the Spurs and hockey with Stars? uh no Rampage. Oh, is that like the minor leagues? Yeah. Okay. All right. I figured maybe Dallas Stars, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how far, you know, everything is in Texas. Uh. So Dallas is like a five-hour drive, like four or five-hour drive. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. There's no allegiance there. No one's. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh So comics. Yeah. So, yeah. You, comics. So there's, there, there, there's there's been a lot of news that Clay there's is, there's is there's a lot of news here. there's a lot of rumors uh but uh big news is that DC Comics is no longer dealing with Diamond and that's really big yes because now DC is dealing with three different distributors two of which will help with the single issues while one I can't remember its name. But uh, they alone will do the graphic novels, the trades, and the uh, uh, hardcovers. I think that is a really cool idea because the number one complaint that I see from majority of Marvel and DC fans is that the trades and other volumes or whatever, uh, omnibuses, whatever, they usually get canceled and or delayed a lot. Mm-hmm. But if an entirely separate entity 
is dealing with that stuff, maybe that won't happen as much. Yeah, you have a lunar distribution and UCS comic distributors are going to be doing like the the, the single issues while you yeah. have Penguin Random House. They're the ones yes. dealing Yeah, they're the ones dealing with the graphic novels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, that's really big news. Uh, you know, it kind of cuts Diamond from being the all-out monopoly whenever it comes to comics, toys, you know, everything comic book related merchandise. Uh, but also, the biggest news in DC Comics, I think, right now, was, or is, Bendis is getting off the Superman books. That's, uh, now, well, actually, to jump back to, to the, the previous thing before we get to this Bendis, because I okay, know that this, okay. this is going to lead to you having future dialogue and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Have what have you heard since I know that you have buddies that work you used to work in a comic book shop? Have you spoken to them at all in regards to DC and how is that store going to be affected? Because I'm hearing some stores are absolutely praising it, like they they love it because they feel like not only are they going to be getting the books still on a regular schedule, but they feel that they've had so many bad experiences with Diamond the way that they just either cut books, they force smaller uh, stores to order a gazillion books that even though they don't want it or when they do get the books the majority of the books are always damaged i've always had issues at my store that yes. i'm always having damaged so books. one of the biggest things that i always hated and it felt like it was only with the dc comics it never really happened it happens sometimes but not a whole lot with the marvel books for some reason there is like a wave of books from 2018 and 2019 uh of DC Comics that were put into a box that was completely humidified. And so the front cover would be warped. I hated it and it happened for like five months straight. But I haven't had the chance to talk to my old comic book shop. But I can already tell that they're probably praising it. And hating it. And the reason why, like you said, all those reasons are great to praise it. It is legitimately a good thing for DC. I mean, for comic book shops in DC. Now, the one thing that I'm seeing a lot of, which I think is just lazy, is the fact that people are were always comfortable with Diamond. And they're like, oh, now I have to make a new account. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I think that's poor... I think that's a poor reaction because in the end, I think you'll get a better experience with these three distributors than you will with Diamond. Because like you said, Diamond didn't care. Diamond was getting the money and that's all they wanted. Yeah, it's been a long it, it's been a long time since Diamond, yeah. I think, started to care. Like I mean, I yeah. think like they've they've stopped a long, long time ago. Yeah, it's just the reason why I ask is because, you know, I, I'm hearing some people that have spoke with their owners. I mean, my comic book guy, I mean, he loves this idea. Like, he's he, he hopes that more... I mean, he kind of likes right now that it's just DC because mm -hmm. it's just don't do it with all of them because then that's a really big... Uh, that's a really big transition. But right now, yeah. I mean, just dealing with one, I mean, you can learn all the kinks and get all that kind of stuff. See, but that, now, and that's what, what, what I think. Yeah, what I gets me, that... it's like uh, Kevin. Like Kevin, who's a, you know, you know, a buddy of ours, we follow him, he's a mutual. But he mentioned that it looks like his store is potentially going to lose out on DC because of this move. 
And yeah. so I'm just, I mean, I asked him like, hey, like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, he mentioned, he's like, man, I don't know what to do. I've never like purchased comics like on a regular basis, you know, online. So I don't really know how to like experience this. But I was just like, well, I, I, I don't really necessarily know. But I, again, I don't think we know all the logistics yet. I just don't understand why, or maybe this these distributors. I don't know. Maybe they're just not able to ship to the smaller, more obscure, smaller towns in around the U.S. Maybe I'm not sure. It it really depends because you have to look at it as okay. You know, there might be a small obscure comic book shop that was able to do everything with Diamond because Diamond was was saying at that moment. Okay, yeah, you're kind of out of the way for us, but as long as you purchase this many of this, this many of that, and going down the list and saying, hey, at least you'll have a good inventory when people finally find you. But now, with DC leaving, these new distributors are saying, hey, we actually want to help comic book shops, and we don't want to undercut them as far as the value and what we you know basically charge you for x y and z amount of books that may still hurt shipping wise for comic shops that you know are kind of vast so i can see that i can definitely see that and it absolutely sucks i understand it completely what I would encourage you guys to do if you're having that problem, you know, uh, and the same thing goes for Kevin. I don't know if he listens to this, to this anymore. I don't know if he will listen to it because of the conversation we're going to have after this. But this is a gen- <laughs> this is a genuine uh, answer to your problems right now. There was a huge push for uh for saving comic shops, you know, this past few months because of the pandemic. So I feel like now more than ever, there's a little bit more information on those comic shops. So I would say do a little bit of research, try to find one as close to you as possible. So that way shipping is a little bit easier on you and talk to them about subscription box. You know, for me, uh, the closest one to me would be Unknown Comics, and it was something that I've told every, a lot of people because they're really big on exclusive covers, yeah. variants, and things like this. Uh, they are in Dallas. So for me, I'm just, you know, for a while I was like, oh, you know, I was doing it almost around the time that the previews were coming out and the solicitations. I was ordering those immediately, and so I was ordering things almost two months in advance. Every single month. And it can get complicated because you have to stay on that schedule of, okay, I have to pre-order these every two months. But it's, it's something that is kind of cathartic when you look at it because then you're just in a rhythm of like, okay, this is my new schedule. And it really does help. It keeps you informed of the books that are coming out. And, I mean, overall, with... You know, depending on who you're getting the shipment from, you know, you'll you'll still continue to be able to read. So I would just say do a little bit of research. Some of the biggest ones, like I said, unknown comics ships all around the U.S. I know that for a fact. Uh, 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 Midtown. Midtown does it. I know like uh, I know Fred 
and uh, a couple of other guys, like the guys from Indie Alley, um, they do the DCBS discounted books. Yeah, something. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, that's another. That's one. another big one. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, I feel like there's another one, but I'm 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 drawing. I know like Coliseum of Comics. I know they're pretty big in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they do that. I just don't know if they're only Florida, where they ship only in Florida. Out that, but I do know that you can, you can do stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just do a little bit of research uh, and make sure to call those stores up. You know, okay. they are every every store is is hurting for a little bit more of business. So so you were saying something. You so you were saying something about Bendis. Yes. So there was this rumor moving about that. Bendis was going to leave the Superman titles. Now, this was only a rumor because it was on an interview that he himself said that he was leaving. And then the podcast that he did the interview on published the episode and then immediately took it down. Now, there has been... The the interviewer has given several different... uh, reasons why he took it down he first said that dc made him do it then he said you know because of everything that's going on in the outside world he didn't want to take attention off of that so he took it down regardless yeah the other one the other one that he gave was also like kind of like the the automated uh scheduling where you can kind of like post something like you know when we had our website you can post a review but just have it scheduled so if you wrote it on a saturday just have it posted for it to be published that yeah. following Wednesday, and he just says that he did that a little early. So yes, he has given many different answers, but it comes down to it looks like now that the episode is available to listen to. Yeah, to as of today, when you listen to this, the episode is available to listen to. Uh, even Bendis uh, retweeted it and said, "Oh, hear what I actually said about Superman." Regardless, he does say that he's leaving the Superman title. So. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he doesn't give any details of when it'll happen. Uh, he said on Twitter, oh, that's a long time coming. Uh, so I'm hoping that it's only like six issues or so. Five issues. Four well, issues. I, I think that, I mean, we're we're about to get maybe three months of uh, of metal coming. Yeah. So with those three months, there's usually that you know that a little bit of like that aftermath, that lull. Yeah. And then right after that, it goes. You know, it kind of springs into gear, and all this craziness happens. So, I think in his mind, he probably has one more major arc. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense now because I mean we've I mean we have been speculating on it, but I mean we saw the whole. I think we talked about it here. The the Kate Spencer with the the Manhunter with that series being canceled. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those nuggets I think that I think that they're trying to get away from this whole Leviathan thing. And I think that uh ch- the whole checkmate thing with Green Arrow it's only going to be two issues because I think issue 3 got canceled. Yeah, so I think that little by little I think what he was building I think they've gotten to that point where listen, hey this is clearly not working. I I don't hear many people praising the stuff that he's doing. And I think most who are, are just trying to get that, you know, that positive review to show up on a trade. 
And they're like, yeah. oh, wow, this is our website. Like, this is me. Look, I'm on a DC trade. But yeah. but there's no way that anything that he has published. I mean, I I still to this day, do I like the way that he... I'm not stoked about the reveal, but I, I liked how that issue was handled. Uh, but besides that, I would say the positives that he's done are, you know, I, I think back then I was more on that, on that train of, you know, trying to look for the things that are optimistically like just trying to nitpick, but it's, it, it was too hard to keep that. Like I found that to be, um, uh, a really big burden. But what was you? You wanted to ask me a question in yes. regards to this scenario with Bendis and all that kind of stuff, and I told you, don't ask me until here, so I can give you a real yeah. reaction. So let me let me set it up for you. And of course, you know, I told you this right before we started recording. But there is this is all speculation. Nothing has been confirmed. Let me just say that firsthand. But a lot of people think that Bendis is going to take control of Justice League after Death Metal. Mm. Because we know that Death Metal is the st- the story that is going to push DC into the next, you know, revamped series or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The next initiative, really. Yeah. So, with Bendis grabbing onto Justice League... We both groaned. We both were like, I don't know what's going on with life. But, and this may be a question that you were just like, I'm not going to answer this question. But, do you think Bendis can get away with regurgitating Marvel stories with DC characters? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that publishers do that all the time where they're regurgitating stories from I know, each other. But but do you think Bendis can do it not on a DC company level? Because then they're like, oh yeah, you know, that'll be great. We've never done that before. But what about the readers? I, what I, will the reaction to the readers be? Because in my mind, when I heard that he might be on Justice League, my first reaction is, oh, he's going to do a House of M. Because that's something that we enjoyed. But, oh my gosh, they're working on my kitchen. Uh, but uh, when I started to think about it more, until like the aspect of, okay, I, I, I went to the positive, what could be the negative? And I immediately thought of Civil War. Um... I'm trying to, because I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, we can get a Justice League disassembled. Yeah. Um. So it can it be whatever the aftermath is of metal? Can there could there be something that bet uh, that Snyder is going to do where Batman is going to make this huge decision against others' backs? And can I see something like that? Yes, I can. Um. I mean, my my thought was when he when you mentioned Justice League, I thought of like what he did with the New Avengers and Dark Reign. Like, is this go- yeah. is this going to be okay? We've been seeing sn- uh, everything that's been going on with Lex. Lex started Rebirth good, supposedly. 
Then he just went straight up evil. Then he became Apex. And now he has been humbled. And now he's just a raggedy human again. And can I see something where, with these effects, can I see where Luther makes this huge sacrifice? So, so Let's say a sort of a redemption kind of play where we kind of fall into that Norman Osborn where Norman Osborn just like, I don't know, or, oh, wow, Norman Osborn's good. Until a little yeah. later, you see how things start unraveling. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't... I kind of wish he just stuck with... If that's the case, I don't want him on the flagship team book. Because I feel like there are so many... To be on a book that big, I feel like you're... You're you're still having major influence, and I I don't I don't want that. I I would prefer if he wanted to do his own. Man, you know what? If you wanted to do Green Arrow, just do a Green Arrow, man. Just do that book where it's. Can I think? I mean, if he can touch on his old, dark, uh, his Daredevil days, Street. I mean, sweet. He's he could do that just like what he was doing with. Um, what are I'm I'm drawing a blank. Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Oh, Defenders? Defenders. What he was doing with the Defenders, that little street level stuff. Do it. Yeah. I, I think that that's more his I mean really in the Superman and the action con what you're reading, I mean and it's not even that great, but the stuff that has been at least handled the best would be those small little things maybe with you know, the little, like, journalistic stuff. And it's even that's still a little wonky, but at least that has been the best of what he was doing. And he was treating that as a B-plot. I Just do something like that where you're not affecting things. I just... Justice League is going to be... Unless it's being treated how Brian Hitch's run was in Rebirth, where no one really talked about it, and it just felt like nothing was really being connected to that. That was just, yeah, it's Justice League, but it's just, let's just do the bombastic... But yeah. I don't think that that's his forte. I think if Bendis is going to take over a team book, especially the flagship DC team book, it's going to be there has to be ramifications. This needs to lead to an event, uh, which could be a la siege or anything in that regards. I don't, I I, I don't want that. So it, yeah. it it bums me out to hear that because I actually thought that Bendis was more of a Dan DeDeo guy and knowing mm. that he's gone and you're kind of seeing all this stuff unraveling. I think it's more, that was to me, that's how I was kind of taking it where I'm like, listen, this guy, but who knows what his contract is? I mean, yeah. So. And like we said, this is all speculation. It, it isn't confirmed that he's in justice league. We're just talking. No, about it. it's happening. But this <laughs> 2020, blows. but I, I told, I, I told a lot of people, you know, there's a rumor that, uh, DC is making a strict, uh, online only line of books that are going to be for Warren Ellis, uh, Paul Dini and Chip Zdarsky. I told them like the people that were talking about it, that, Give one of those to Bendis and let him go crazy. Let him do whatever he wants on the online books. And he could create his own multiverse, you know, universe for DC Comics online. And let him go crazy. Let him do the stuff that he's been wanting to do that we as readers of main continuity printed books don't really like. 
You know, that's what I would say. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I I, I can't see that happening. I think. I I don't know why, but I feel like maybe there are there are certain writers that are willing to to accept it being a digital only type of medium. And but yeah. I don't. I, I just feel like. I don't know if everybody's there yet where they might consider that like a like a downgrade. Like, oh, so my books are never going to have unless it's one of those, all right, you know, you do your do your arc and once you complete your story, we can create like a like a hardcover for it or something. Kind of yeah. like what they did with a uh, like Superman Man in the Sky. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those things. If they do something like that, okay. But I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not excited at all about it. You bumped me out. You ruined my day. <laughs> I mean, on the bright side, I mean, we got Tom Taylor doing uh, Constantine. Yeah, we got a Hellblazer for Black Label, which is, which is great. I'm really excited about that. Um, I think also isn't today uh, with it. What's today? Thursday. Today's yeah. uh, like an announcement for PlayStation, right? Yes, it's gonna be the reveal of the PlayStation, and you know you'll probably you'll probably see the reveal of the PlayStation, the price point, and maybe a couple of games announced. I recently started to do like random reactions to movie trailers. So I'm going to try to go dark on Twitter uh, around the time that they're doing the PlayStation reveal. Are you doing that on YouTube? Because I know that you mentioned that you did that for... Yeah, I did it for Doom Patrol and I did it for Bill and Ted uh, 3, yeah. the trailer I, I think, that just I think dropped. it was Bill and Ted that I, I heard you, I, that I read that you did it. Yeah, so I I'm going to do that. And so I, I I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers for a Batman announcement for the PS5. I mean I keep on hearing that there's that there's going to be like a reveal or something during the summer, but yeah. I mean it would it would make sense that if you're going to do something, do it here. Oh, but this is not PlayStation. It's not Sony exclusive, so it's maybe that little maybe during that Comic Con at home. Yeah, maybe, maybe for sure. But let's talk about books. Uh, sure. One that I kind of want to just get out of the way, because I don't think I think that you'll probably have the same reaction. Lois Lane number eleven. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Same reaction. Okay. So, Mark, can you tell me what this book is about? Uh it's it's about confusion. <laughs> it's about stuff happening that shouldn't happen but then it happened and then people try to realize why it happened and how it happened but Lois knew it was going to happen and then she formed a team but how uh because I, like, the the truth is going to reveal itself how is Lois Lane now this like just i guess professional multiverse historian that's uh, what i want to know i'm going to say that there was a that there is a uh a rucka cut that wasn't released and in that rucka <laughs> in in that in that rucka cut uh she oh, was man. she spoke with uh the specter and the specter or i don't know somebody maybe dr fate showed up and they kind of they discussed a little bit but you'll see, only you'll only see that in the Rucka cut. For me, I thought okay, it has to do with some because this Lois Lane technically was from pre New Fifty Two universe, and I thought that maybe that had something to do with it. But no, because of Superman Reborn, 
they melded the two Superman together, which melded the other copies of every individual in the Superman mythos together. And it was just one entity for every individual. So it's just like, that can't work. I'm still trying to figure out the enemy of the people. (laughs) I exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. So, so once again, the very first issue, we see a very political driven story. And it was called Enemy of the People Part 1. And I was like, oh crap, she's going after the big dogs in the freaking government. And now it's become this multiversal story. And if in Part 12, they go back to the political game, I'm done. Like, it, they can't bookend a story like that without giving me actual context throughout the story. There's, there's nothing there. This, to me, is the equivalent of my wife and I, and like you know, some like I think during like youth group or something, we saw like Hunger Games, and I was like, all right, this is some of the worst acting. This is like horrible, like Divergent. Then I was like, okay, we saw one, but obviously the next one, oh, Ken the Seventeen, and then my wife and my sister, they're like, oh yeah, let's go see it. It's one of those things like you saw it. That now it's like the third movie comes out. You're like, you know, I have to see it. I mean, I've already seen the two. Just to complete a picture to end it all. This is how I'm reading Lois Lane now. Is I'm reading the book knowing full well I am wasting about 15 minutes of my life that I'll never get back again. Knowing that I am not going to know what's <laughs> happening. What's worse is that at least when Grant Morrison confuses you. It's because he's on psychedelics and you're just not worthy enough to understand his writing. <laughs> when you're reading any other book that's supposed to be a grounded, I don't know, espionage, you know, conspiracy theory kind of kind of book, there there shouldn't be confusion. But this is this is really I don't know, man. I I can't even tell you it's good or it's bad because I don't even know what I'm reading. Yeah, no, I. I am not hearing anything about this book. I mean, I think people are afraid to talk about it because it's Rucka. Like, that's that's my thing, is that, of course, Rucka has a really, usually has a really good rep with stories like this that I don't, should I don't, be I don't think it has to do with Rucka. I mean, if a lot of people aren't talking about it, I'm pretty sure it's just because it's female-centric. And there's... That could also be true. That that could, I mean, I because I'm, I'm saying, like, for example, I've been to many cons, and I would be so so surprised that Greg Rucka is literally Rucka Azarello. Like, you have like these Hall of Fame people, and they're literally sitting there, and there's just no one. People are just walking right by them. They have no line when, you know, you can have um, a Tom Taylor or a Capullo, and the line's a mile long. And I'm like, guys, do you guys know who's right there? Like that's Greg freaking Rucka, but I don't I don't think anybody cares anymore. I think it's I I don't think that Rucka is for the for the now people. I think it's more for those who, you know, read comics in those nineties, the early two thousands, and they're like, wow, or what this guy did for like Wonder Woman. I think in the eighties or nineties, I don't remember. I think it's 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 one of those it's one of those things. I I don't think he holds that weight in terms of fandom. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. But this book, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I was reading it. I actually forgot who the characters were. 
<laughs> I'm like, who is this? Like, I, I, I don't know, and I don't care anymore. But, know, again, I'm going to read 12 because I've done 11. Now, I will read 12, but to go back on your analogy with, you know, the Hunger Games, I have watched 1 and 2, and I own 3, but I've never seen it. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't even... I mean, do, I, you, do you see how bad Jennifer Lawrence is as trying to be a leader as Mystique? Yeah. Take away the blue paint, and she's even worse in part three. <laughs> Just oh yeah, shit. that's that's the best I can explain it. <laughs> but uh, here's another story that remember. Kristen, I don't know. Did you ever see Snow White with Kristen Stewart or whatever? That oh was? God, yes. You know when she was like supposed to give that epic speech, like every leader, and you're just like, come on, you're you're Kristen Stewart. You're not. This is not. This isn't your forte. <laughs> this isn't your forte. Just, oh yeah. my God. I'm sorry, man. I I can't. But it's I, I don't know I don't know I I think we should move on but God what it's what is I don't know man it's it's it hurts instead it of hurts. I should be happy just say like I should know what I'm reading just let that be the new one well also it's just like it boggles my mind that like this book is supposed to be a like a cornerstone to what the Superman books are, are according to Bendis. Yeah. And I'm reading this and I'm like, this has nothing to do with Superman. And if Bendis uses any of this, it just makes his story even worse. Like, yeah, I, I see this and I, I go more along the lines where I feel like Rucka, that Bendis is being a ghostwriter because yeah. I, I can't, I can't fathom that I read this book, and I and one of my favorite indie comics is Black Magic, which is Rucka. Yeah, and it they seem like two completely different books where it's along the lines of I mean even that one, but that one has like supernatural things. But in terms of a grounded story, I mean it's literally a cop's you know it's cop. It's like and. I don't know, man. It's like a, a police drama, which is something along the lines of this, which is, this is just like more of a, a journalistic kind of thing. I don't know, man. It's bad. It's no me gusta. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. So do you want to talk about Nightwing or Batman's Grave next? Uh, let's do let's do Nightwing, because I think that with Nightwing going on, I think a lot of people are have gotten a little excited with the... I don't know if it was a solicit or just some teases uh, for Batman 98, I believe, where we... Uh, 99. Uh, 99, it, I'm sorry. It was, it was a solicitation, yeah. Yes, where you see Dick Grayson, or is maybe maybe he'll still be Rick, but it looks like he is fully embracing the Nightwing, Nightwing. again. Yeah. It's going to be handled by Tinian, so I don't know how you feel about that, but... I... I have to see how we get there because I will say I was not happy with this book either. Okay, I now, mean like for for me it's for me it's hard to since I haven't been following the Rick Grayson journey. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to kind of really have any feeling towards it. I just knew with that reveal that we're I don't know 5 issues away from him be- 5 6 issues away from him becoming Nightwing again. I just feel mm-hmm. like sooner or later you have to kind of jump onto this book to kind of see where things are going. 
So for me, I don't really have any. You know, you have like the the same tropes that you've been getting in all the other books, where it just seems like he keeps on talking about his memory, and I feel like I should know this person and I shouldn't. I mean, I don't know if Jurgens has been doing that for the last twenty issues, but I would find that very annoying, like I do with what with what Williamson is doing with the Flash. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, besides that, I mean, I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm already forgetting what this. Who who is it that uh, Rick likes? What's her name? Bay. Bay. Okay. Uh, she is literally Bay. Okay. Oh, like it's like Bay Bay, like B A E. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Like honestly, I read it. I thought that she was going to die. I was kind of hoping. <laughs> and I know that's horrible to say, but in my mind, I was like, oh, if she dies, that's gonna trigger everything and it's gonna i remember (laughs) and then he remembers and she's like who's this who's this he's i I would think that he Uh. would like immediately remember like how horrible joker is and then that would push you know his persona of you know his real persona of dick grayson to be like the main person that he is and of course she didn't die so we didn't get that but Jurgens MacGuffined the crap out of this identity crystal mm-hmm. because Joker just got this thing last issue. Mm-hmm. How does he know how it works? Because he's the Joker. I mean, I'm guessing that sooner or later there might be a brief explanation on how he kind of knows, but I think something like this, you might just have to, you know, suspend that disbelief and just, it, it, it's been comic booked. So very much comic booked on his line, but also when Rick got this crystal back in like, I've like three issues ago, two issues ago, uh, it just feels like three or four because of the pandemic and the long wait. But, when all that happened with the therapist, you know, in whatever country or whatever, he lost his memory of her and he found it and he said, oh, what is this? Oh, it looks important. I guess I'll keep it. So how do you know? How does he know it's called a memory crystal? Like Jurgens did not write this well enough to make this last part of this comic make sense, unfortunately. But he wrote it this way to get that one step closer to Dick Grayson. I know that's what he's doing. And I'm thankful for that. But just the transition on on how you do it, like I shouldn't care because I'm still dealing with Rick Grayson and I should be happy that we're getting or closer are we, to Dick or Grayson. Or are we getting Rick and this is just the ultimate revenge play? on on Batman where Joker now that it looks like he kind of knows what's going on where the Dick Grayson that we are going to see might be a jokerized um version of it I mean I would guess I know that's far fetched because I don't think that they're going to go to Batman 100 with that mindset but it's just I don't know maybe it's just reading like that Joker that Joker spectacular and you have that one story where if the joker actually killed batman so it's like one of those things i was like oh man that would have been 
an interesting like like a nice like full story like if they black labeled that because I don't know just getting it in just five pages was kind of like oh that's like the one story I actually cared about I just yeah. thought, I found that one interesting so I don't know man I don't here I'm like okay well I guess now we'll just have Rick have one more one more of these relapse things where he's not going to know anything that's going on and he's mind wiped for like four or five issues until that sixth issue of the arc is going to have him I don't know realize everything and I mean, I thought it was a little silly that Joker was like, no, your name is Dickie Boy. Dickie Boy. Hi, my name is Dickie Boy. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know, man. I, it was it was whatever. I, I'm just, you know, I, I know that this is leading to something. No, so it's but just... it's the, the hilarious thing, and I know you haven't been keeping up with this story, but there has been a total of four individuals that were being Nightwings. One of which looks like died in this issue. But I think it was the wrong Nightwing to die. Because the woman that kind of goes into that operating room with her badge, her brother was one of the Nightwings. Mm -hmm. And the really big part of her brother in this whole Rick Grayson storyline of them being Nightwings, her brother has been stabbed, shot, mutilated, like all of these things... And he's still alive. And they end up killing the leader of this new Nightwing group. Like, the one guy that looked like he was going to die in every issue is the one that survives. And you kill the one that's actually, like, competent enough to be (laughs) Nightwing. Like, I'm so confused by that decision. But I... I enjoyed this. I was able to read it. I don't say I. I can't say that I necessarily enjoyed, you know, the story. No, no, I, I can... read it. I, I didn't struggle reading it, but it, it's one of those things that it it doesn't have any, like any kind of lasting effect on me. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, that's true. just that's just it. All right, cool. Very true. But uh, what do you think about Batman's Grave? I love Batman's Grave. Batman's Grave is my is my jam. Uh, I mean, have there been better issues? Okay, but I don't think that this is one of like the lower ones. Um, to me, I've I enjoy for the most part. I enjoy Warren Ellis's voice on both Bruce. I feel like he does a great job on actually incorporating his detective skills, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that I really appreciate. It. Alfred is very much up and down with how how witty he is. Yeah. Um, so that part I've, I've always enjoyed. I mean, I, I kind of like that. Hey, we are, we're, we're getting to that point where, Hey, we know a little bit more backstory of who's the, who's the guy here. Who's the main big bad here. That's kind of like in play somewhat. Yeah. Uh, so that is to me, that's always something that kind of gets him like, finally, you know, we have, we have that moment, but there's only so much info that you can actually get there. Um, but I love knowing the contingencies that it just seems like no matter where Batman is in a certain situation. I love how at the very beginning of the book and he's talking with commissioner Gordon after leaving, um, leaving the home and he's just like, Hey, always try to be one step ahead. How do you know somebody's watching this? You know, like, are you in danger? Kind of, you know, whatever. And then you just see out of nowhere, like the Batmobile explode. But now we find out that there is a, 
Um, and this one, I love this whole, I don't know, whatever this little flying gadget thing is, um, I find it to be hilarious. Yeah. I, like, I, I like Warren Ellis's voice for Batman. I like his voice for Alfred. This was just not a great week for me. Because for me, the only thing I saw was basically just one long conversation throughout this entire issue. And I don't know, like, I, I guess it's kind of like flippy floppy on the sense of like how I've been on this book. Because when it's not just a conversation and it's just fighting, I complained anyway. Like, I, I don't know what I want from this book, to be completely honest. Well, I, I think why I like it is because... It feels like you are immersed in the moment. This isn't one of those where I feel like this book kind of feels like if I'm watching an episode of 24 where this panel and this book is based on this 30 minute period or a 40 minute period where does it stretch? Yes, but at least it's like informational. It's not, I don't know, like I like, I don't mind information overload because the way he's doing information overload is not like this crazy heavy dialogue thing that you might that you might get from like a us you know a Snyder or Bendis yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so to me I kind of I like it I like having those moments because to me it kind of feels cinematic I feel like I'm, if I'm watching a movie it feels like if I'm at times it kind of feels like that one shot that you're just following yeah. like a one shot where yes it feels long because here it we haven't really experienced where, oh, wow, it's nighttime right now, now it's day, okay, you could tell this is like three days later and he's still working on it. No, it yeah. just feels like it's moments. So for me, I don't know why, it just kind of makes me feel like all this is happening on in like a two, three day span. And I, I don't know, I like the grounded feel of it. If that Very makes, true. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it, it does. And I can totally see that. I mean, maybe maybe I need to read it again. I did only read it once. But I will say, I do enjoy this art. I absolutely love this art. Uh, Brian Hitch really got it down. I love that last panel. That last panel of Batman. I don't know why. It just looks great. And I don't know if he was drawing Batman like this before. But for some reason, now I feel like I'm seeing more of Pattinson's Batman design on this Batman. With like the neck brace type collar. Uh, the only thing that's staying the same as far as, like, genuine Batman is the larger Batman symbol. But I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more like that armor that we saw. Well, I, I, with- th- I think that maybe he's a little bit more equipped because I believe that this this dude is the guy that completely manhandled him in the third issue, I want to say. The one that kind of ambushed him when he was going to, I think, like, his first or second spot. Yeah, because the first one was the Man-Eater. And then he yeah. met the Man-Eater. I think maybe it was the second one when he was going to the guy's office. That was, But he wasn't there. But then he got ambushed by this extremely huge-looking Bane dude. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'm, I'm taking it as that this is him because it looks very material, you know, like military. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm guessing it's him. So, I think that that's why he might have kind of, you know, boosted himself. Yeah. But I, I but do he does, enjoy But it. he does look great. I think Hitch draws... Maybe he has found his groove 
on how he maybe he's not you know he's nailed his vision on what he wants Batman to look like. Yeah. And he's just happened to nail it at the very end, which is cool. I mean, yeah, if you're progressing, I mean, you can keep on working on it. You find, like, your voice in your art. But, yes, that last panel, I mean, pretty much every panel, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed how Hitch has... Hitch has done a great job with what he's done in Hawkman and now coming over to Batman. I've... I guess I just happened to hate his writing. <laughs> but besides that, his art has been... Pretty, has pretty been fantastic. Pretty top notch for yeah. sure. Um, do you want to briefly talk about the Joker 80th? Did you end up reading that like at all? I I mean, I I didn't really like read it. You, you know how I am with books. It's I have to be like in the mood to want to read something that's not canon. Uh huh. If not, I I just feel like I'm I never like reading annuals. The only reason well, why I, I, I will, read like, I will a tell Batman you this. annual is because it was Tom Taylor kind of thing. I, I'm I not, will tell I'm not you. Into those. I will tell you this: the th- four books that you should read out of this 80th anniversary, if you ever get the chance. The first story, because Jock himself said that it brings Black Mirror full circle. Oh, okay. The second story is the origin of uh, Punchline. So that is continuity. Okay. The third story... Well, actually, there's five stories. Just because this third story is uh, drawn by your boy, Dan Mora. Skip. <gasps> How dare you? But it's it's an interesting story. The premise of that story, honestly, uh, is the life of Joker without Batman. And what he thinks about it. Uh, and the other stories that i would say are a really fun read tom taylor does a joker story that is very very menacing very dark uh it seems very silly when you first think about it but when you think of like the like the underlying story that he's that he is like the life lesson he's telling you holy crap it's terrifying okay and then the last story is actually a Libra Mayhew Azarello story, and the art is nothing like what they've done before. Uh, and it is from what I be- I believe it's based off of uh, Jack Nicholson's sto- uh, movie. Uh, what is that? The the Burke Cuckoo's Flies. yeah yeah Cuckoo's Nest yeah. It is an homage to that. Okay. So, those are the stories that I would recommend you read. Of course, you can skip that Dan Mora story. I, I was just saying because no, it's Dan no, Mora. I mean, it is, it's, I mean, it is if, beautiful. It seems that this is a lot more... Man, I'm really digging uh, the art of this uh, Azarello. Yeah, it, it, I, it, I, I like... it reminds me of like an old school horror comic, you know? Yeah, it makes me feel like Azarello didn't do the colors. Uh no it 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 says here that it oh, doesn't yeah. no, it, it doesn't artists, say anybody yeah. else yeah okay. it doesn't say anybody so else so I'm for I'm color. guessing maybe he is not using the same techniques that he's used in the past yeah, because people I might, think there's an they might connect because they might connect it to the Batman damned the Joker and yeah. then this yeah 
Could be. I think there's an actual interview where he says he wanted to try something different. Or maybe there's a poster somewhere, maybe on Instagram or whatever. But he said that he wanted to try something different. And it looks great. I really, really enjoy the art. Uh, but those are the stories that I would recommend you read. Uh, there is a story in here that uh, shows where Joker was literally right before he kills, or not kills, sorry, before he shoots Barbara. Okay. So he has the uh, the outfit, the, you know, the Hawaiian type shirt, yeah. the hat. And it shows how he found the camera. Damn it. Okay, I'll read it. Shut up. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just, there's there's legit there's there's some stories that I just like. There's one story that actually ended up being a Harley story, and it was Paul Dini, and I was just like, really? Like, why would you do that? But uh, it actually ended up being really really good as far as the content in. I'm scrolling the here. Actual... Wow, that's a really. I mean, I don't know if this is what world this is, but this is a really weird looking Batman that Tony Daniel T- Tony Daniel drew. Like the cowl looks very odd. Yeah, but that one is more so because of the context of the story. Okay. I I will say that's not Bruce. Oh, is that Thomas? Uh, no. Host that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's just the context of the story. I didn't think that one was super strong, but it just shows how Joker can get in somebody's head. So. You know, Santa Maria. Oh wait, yeah. Wait, wait. Why is there? Wait, why is there a coin? What? A coin? Oh, in that story. But yeah, yeah. No, no. That's not. For a second, I was like, wait, wait. Is that Harvey? But what the hell? No. All right, I'll I'll read it. Damn it, man. I didn't want to to read this. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I I will say, out of that entire thing, uh, Tom Taylor's is my favorite. Uh, my second favorite would be uh, either the punchline story or Snyder's story, just because you know it, that Snyder and Jock together just it's it's a great team. Have you? Read I know. Witches? I have not. I have it's, not. It's, it's on it's, my list. It's pretty incredible. It's really, it's really, really. Good. Isn't it like a? Is it like only like a three issue story or something like that? Right? No, no. It, there's. T- there's six, but I think like there was a time, I think with everything that he was doing with DC, that for some reason, like to conclude it, it took forever. Oh really? I think yeah, I think he just didn't have that time to, um, to conclude it. I mean, he ended up doing it. I actually think because I'll always remember, um, witches is because that day when I knew about witches and I ordered it. That day, I ended up getting like pancreatitis, and I was like in the hospital for like seventeen days. So I wow. think I think it's because of I blame Snyder. <laughs> I literally ordered the book, and then my pancreas like erupted. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No, but uh, it was kind of well t- talking about talking about punchline. How do you think her introduction to? I mean, yes, we've been seeing her teased. But this is the, you know, like the Mac Daddy of legit seeing her 
in the flesh getting legitimate dialogue and kind of, you know, knowing a little bit more about her. How do you think that she was handled in Batman 92? In Batman 92, I genuinely liked it. I I genuinely did. Uh, I love the back and forth between Harley and Punchline. More so because I have been following the, uh, the Harley Quinn TV show. So now I have like... Of course I always had a voice for Harley because of the Batman animated series. But because... The Harley Quinn show has been such a success and so funny and just overall just like really, really good. I feel like that is my new voice for her. So it's great. I absolutely love it. Uh, With this, I would say, holy crap. She, with this and the 80th anniversary story of hers, she is psychotic. Like, she is a stone-cold killer. Like, yeah. she is nothing like Harley. And I think that's the best route they could have gone. Because if it was just another Harley Quinn, people would have been so mad. You know? I agree. So, going this route and making her a genuine psycho, it it really helped them. In the sense of making this new character. Uh, there was. Uh, I think it was Juice that said it. When you see that close up. Of. Punchline. With the. Uh, with the two goons behind her. Yeah. He was. He texted me. And said. Holy crap. I think. Punchline's shirt is going to reveal way too much if the fight goes on any longer. Good lord. (laughs) Jeez. I didn't... And if you look at it, the way March draw, Like, he he also said, March... He feels like March puts a lot more detail on his women than he does anybody else in this story. And more so in just any of the comics that he writes. I mean, draws. And so... There is a lot of curves and a lot of detail on Punchline in that close-up. But uh, I really enjoyed this story. One thing I did not like, and I almost hate... Oh, excuse me. Got some of them. I ultimately almost hated this entire story because of Riddler. Oh, my gosh. I posted that on Twitter, and I'm like, I hate what they've done to him. This is... I don't know if this is just Tinian trying to do like his own little zero year thing, but he like failed miserably. He, we were supposed to get a improved Riddler, and he came off more dumb, more easily defeatable, and he does not come across as a threat as all at all. Yeah, like zero. And he was pretty much treated as what he's always been, which is a plot point just to kind of throw in there to fill up some panels. And then that's it. When he's not really the main threat, the main story. I understand that Batman is a genius, but I like when he gets pushed a little bit. And when this became kind of what it ended up being resulted as, 
I thought that it was very frustrating. I think that it, it bothers me when I see that that panel, that large like splash page of how great Batman and Deathstroke look when they were all like bloodied up. Yeah. From how long they've been fighting. And then right under it you see how stupid like Riddler looks. I'm like, how do yes. you go from these these huge contrasts in art where you could see I mean, you even see it like in the in some of these pages. You notice it like in the first page in the first panel, that looks very you know, Gilliam March with the way yeah. that he drew like the penguin. But then you get to like that Batman, I'm like, wait, are these different artists? Are these different colorists? Because it just seems like there's moments where Tomo Moray is doing what you see on... Because that Deathstroke Batman, what you see with Punchline, that feels very much like if I'm reading a Clay Man, if I'm seeing Clay Man doing art. But see, this is what I was talking about, how I think, I genuinely think, he puts more detail into Batman and the women than anybody else. Because you you notice a significant difference between every character in here. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm getting to that point where either DC fudged up and they did not credit an artist, or I mean, I I I, I don't know. I just to me it's it just feels like whoa. I'm I feel like I'm. That's why in one of these issues, I think it was one of the earlier ones, I thought that Tony Daniel was doing art. Like he came yeah. back. Because yeah. it looked very much like something similar that you would see from a Tony Daniel. So I mean for me, I loved the reveal. I liked the you know, like Harley kind of questioning, like, wait, well, what did you say? She's like, Oh no and then Catwoman's kinda like the one breaking the news. Uh I think that she's Harley's new I mean Joker's new girlfriend. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that that was a, and I mean, it's not it's not over yet, so I'm curious of there. And after the whole reveal of just what a joke Riddler is, you know, I, I think that this designer, although I hate his look, he intrigues me. His concept Dude, intrigues the design, me. The designer looks like he's about to drop one of the hottest albums of 2020 <laughs> in this last panel. Yeah. Like... Insult to injury that he's sitting next to a picture of Martha and Thomas and Alfred. Yeah. So to me, you know, I mean, the designer clearly knows who it is. Uh, so I'm trying to feel like who I'm starting to think that this isn't like a I mean, I'm hoping this is not like a, a, a revamped version of Hush. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think and I mean, we haven't seen them in the same place together like in real time uh i think the designer is joker hmm. um if that's the case then i guess it makes sense why there's so much big clothing because it will help disguise the petite stature that Joker has. Yeah. But also, I threw this curveball at Juice last night when we recorded about this book. Plot twist. Back from the dead. The designer is Alfred. Mm. 
I think st- stick with your Joker take. I think that was better. <laughs> oh man, uh, like I I genuinely don't know. Uh, I mean, nothing has been revealed. I was just kind of throwing stuff out there. Uh, but there has been like a small group of people online that do think the designer is Joker, uh, just because it would be interesting. Because from what we saw, wait, but Joker, wasn't wasn't the Joker in that room waiting with all the other ones? Yes, but here's the thing: that may have been the old designer, that may have been the real designer. But we saw in that flashback, Joker shot the designer square in the head. That's right, and then that's when he had the evil the evil look that Selena was talking about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Interesting. Now a, a lot of people also believe well, you know that. That was the designer's plan in the first place. And so he brought in like a body double, you know, because he is the ultimate planner. That's his whole stick, you yeah. know. So who knows? Maybe he will explain how he is still alive and all of that. So we will just have to wait and see. But besides besides that, I I, I, I did like how Harley was, was – I mean, Harley punchline, I like that those moments – but this overall, this book feels like those Tomasi, like those Tomasi kind of books, where Tomasi can either freaking nail it, or Tomasi is the most average comic book writer in there. And I feel that is who Tinian is. Yeah, I feel that Tinian is strong when you have like plots by Snyder, mm-hmm. but Tinian on his own. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that Justice League Odyssey. I think I was I was getting to the point where I was very annoyed by how Darkseid was being handled. And I don't think that Darkseid's a person that he should be in a monthly book. Yeah. Like, it's weird to me seeing something like that where I'm like, wow, this is... What has DC done to Darkseid where James Robinson turned him into a baby? Or handled <laughs> the baby thing, and then he just... From you know the horns up thing that Snyder did, to him being like a petulant little twelve year old and using gods to kill gods to get him strong, like I don't understand what they're doing with Darkseid, who is like, I don't know, man. DC just hey, I'll I'll, ch- from, I'll, ch- from, I'll, ch- I'll, ch- I'll chalk it up to Didio. From from what we are hearing, Snyder is you know, Snyder is the key. Yeah. And he he is you know the big the biggest influence that DC has right now uh, with death metal and what comes after. So and even even that I mean I I love I mean he I think he is worthy of it with what he has done for DC and I think that he does revere characters. But I feel that you know e- even that case I mean I don't know if he's just. I don't know if now he just has that free leash and maybe he's always been this kind of guy that just goes freaking nuts with his stories. Yeah. Uh, and maybe now that he's kind of been given that key to just push that envelope. But I'm really hoping that he just scales all the way back. And I, I it's like I, I'm kind of in that mode right now where I kind of need to feel I need DC to feel like romantic. You know, yeah. just like one of those, like, oh, this is, I love this. Like, I am literally feeling this in my soul. 
and I I don't know. I'm just not getting that, which is <laughs> it, it's a bummer. I mean, you you get like little st- you know like small little moments where I'm like, oh, you know what? I think that this could this could potentially be it, and then you know, then you read Lois Lane. And Jeez, then and then yeah. it goes and then it goes away. So yeah, uh, f- uh, Clay and I we we were discussing that we were planning on reading the Flash. Uh, I think everybody knows how uh, that follows this sh- this um, this show. How we kind of feel about the Flash, and we're kind of waiting for that time to come where we get a new creative team, a new voice. Uh, we both did not read this book, so we can't really we don't really know what happened with his battle with Paradox and how he defeated him. Because we were literally just skimming through, but there is a a pretty major death at the very end of this book. Uh, I'll, I'll give a five second little notice, so if you don't want to know, just skip about a minute. Elevate elevator music. So yeah, Godspeed ends up at the end of it all. They decide. I guess they defeat Parallax. Uh, I was gonna say Parallax, Paradox. And he is kind of having this off-the-cuff conversation with Reverse Flash while Barry is with Iris. And he happens to ask the question that since you are from the future, you would know this information. Do you know who killed my brother? Because that's, in all honesty, that's really all that August cares about. I mean, and it and it is his character. Because yes. his biggest motivation... As a villain, and even as a part-time hero in the very beginning of this entire story, was that he wanted justice for his brother. Yes. And what we now know, revealed here, that it was actually the reverse Flash that killed his brother. Yes. And as a, like, and you're not going to do anything about it. He runs to Godspeed and snaps his neck Zod style. So, it. I am a little upset about this because, like, Barry knew that August genuinely was a good person, like, deep down. Like, and he was just blinded by the revenge, like, the revenge story of his brother. Mm hmm. I think Godspeed could have been a really cool character to like dive into every now and again, you know, as as a hero. And he could have been, you know, on a on a separate team. He could have, you know, for for me, I like the classic like lineups of having multiple Justice League teams because the ju- the the main Justice League team can't be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. And there's Plenty of things going around in the world. So you're thinking Justice... like, so you're thinking like, Godspeed would have been one of those cool characters to have like on a Justice League International. Yes, International Justice League Detroit, like you know, whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I think he could have been a really fun character to go, you know, to do things with. But now he's dead, and I think I genuinely think it's because. The name Godspeed sounds so much stronger than The Flash. And so much more important than The Flash, you know? Yeah. And so I I don't think DC was cool with, like, having 
a good guy named Godspeed because it would have sounded he would have sounded faster than the Flash, and that's whole that's the Flash's stick. Oh, I'm the fastest man alive, you know. Yeah. And yeah, having I, 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 and I having somebody that. named Godspeed just doesn't make any sense for it. Yeah. I to me, I I can t- totally see that, and I can also see it as Williamson not wanting someone to like like let this be his creation and let it be in his story. Yeah. Like let it start and end with him, and mm-hmm. not have other people kind of like. I guess you could say, quote unquote, ruin or bring different interpretations to a character that someone kind of like created. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so he, he died and that's, uh, so it looks like now with that being said, reverse flash while Barry is holding, uh, August's body. Um, it looks like that the reverse flash is now on his way to start his own reverse flash family. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm so the book ended. I'm like, when to Wally coming? <laughs> well, I will say there has been a, a a cover and story reveal. I forgot what it was called, the title, but it's a death metal tie-in, and on the front cover, the Trinity, the tr- speed of Trinity, was, Trinity speed. Whatever. It was speed metal. Wa- yeah, speed. Uh, yeah, is it called speed? Yeah, speed metal, and it's which doesn't make any sense. But well, I think uh, that I think because Snyder, you could tell he's definitely a metalhead with music. I believe speed metal is a type of genre when it comes to kind of like uh, death metal and yeah, like that's that's one of okay, them. okay. But it uh, it had Wally West in his blue Manhattan, you know, freaking what's the chair? Uh, 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 Morbius, Morbius chair suit. You saw Wallace. West in his old silver suit, which I thought was really cool. Not a fan of how Jay uh, Garrick looks. Jay Garrick looks really weird. I don't know. He look almost looks like Frankenstein. Like things are like kind of sewed and like attached to him. Yeah. Uh, but there's that, and then Barry Allen as well. So all four of the flashes are there. Uh, so maybe we'll see something come from that, but. Who knows? Who knows? Know. No say. Who knows? But yeah, this was a, uh, you know, last week. I mean, I know that we talked to Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad as well, but that that it felt like, oh, you know, that overall that was a pretty solid week. This one, I mean, even even so, even with like a Batman's Grave, that I will say, I mean, I'll die on that hill right now. That I will say, Batman's Grave is the best Batman book that there is right now that's currently going on. Even that one felt. Although I still enjoyed the read, I would say that that was it. This was one of its weaker ones, so it, it was kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of a bummer to have so many books to read, and you know, none of them really, you know, pumping you up to at least be like, oh, this week was, this week was worth it. Yeah. In in terms of like wanting to get these books and investing, you know, x amount of dollars on them. True. Yeah. So. But with we'll, that, guys, we'll end it on a on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we do start Death Metal next week. Yeah, that's... Death Metal does start next week, so uh, it'll probably be the first book that I read, uh, depending on what else we get. But uh, Death Metal is next week, so you know there is a little bit of hope. You know, as seeing you know, well, I say hope. There's but we no all hope know, in death. I was gonna say we all know Death Metal is gonna be like a horrend, like oh, like somebody's gonna die. 
if not more than one. But we will see how that starts at least. Yeah. But with that, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, please uh, subscribe and share this with all your friends. We, of course, are part of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, where you can find tons and tons, uh, even what we like to say, a plethora of shows on that website, including uh, Indie Alley, including uh, MMA Talk with uh, our buddy Jake, and anything under the sun that you can think of as far as comic book related content, it is on there. I mean, so you you, you have shows out. like, for example, I mean, we're, we're DC centric, but yeah. you have shows that if you are a fan of indie, kind of like the indie alley that just hit, you know, multiple publishers. But let's just say you are a fan of just Dynamite Comics. They have that. If you just like Aftershock Comics, they have that. If you like Valiant, they have that as well. So they, they have some... Very similar to like what we're doing, although we do DC, they have it with some of the the smaller publishers, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you if you're like Clay that likes to listen to 480 podcasts a week, then this <laughs> you know this this network will will I think answer all of those for you for sure. Uh, but you can find me at uh, Fanboy Clay on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, you can find me on my show, Fanboy Comics Podcast, where I post three times a week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, where we dive into the Marvel Unlimited app, the DC Universe app, and the Shonen Jump app. And I also have a show with my buddy Juice Wayne from the uh, Juice from the Box YouTube channel. Uh, we do our own podcast called Batman News Weekly, where we talk about everything under the sun that is Batman for each and every week, whether that be entertainment news, comic book news, video game news, whatever. Uh, so go check that out as well. Where can they find you, Mark? You can find me on CB underscore Legion because I'll be there with Clay. Maybe I don't want to share my Twitter today. No, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, at Mark Reads Comics. <laughs> uh, you can find me there. If I, if, I, if I seem distracted, it's only because Tom Taylor just wrote on his Twitter page oh, two no. minutes ago. He wrote, ready? Question mark. And then Andrew Dice, uh, which is someone that Tom retweeted, um, said, like, fan Suicide Squad fans would want to be sitting down for this one. So I have, like, that feeling that any minute we're going to be getting a Tom Taylor post of, you know, Ted Accord eating someone's corpse or something. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's not what it is. I'm just, just in case. If someone, <laughs> if someone doesn't have Twitter and they're like, what, what happened? Yeah. Oh man. So we'll yeah, because Tom Taylor posted something that said some people, so many people said we'd never do it. So many people were wrong. Big news coming up from our Suicide Squad series. Dang. So we'll see. We'll see. But it looks like um, something's happening. So. Jeez. I'll, I'll I'll have to keep him, you know, open as far as you know the the Twitter feed. But with that, guys. Like I said, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next week. See you later. See you.